When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Football Social Daily. Hello, welcome to Football Social Daily, the podcast that brings you a new episode every single day of the week, focusing on the English Premier League. So between now and the end of the season, there'll be daily episodes of the podcast for you to enjoy. So hit subscribe and you won't ever miss one. Just the two top flight fixtures across the weekend. We'll be looking back at Sunday's show in between Watford and Southampton. The Hornets going down 3-1. Is that another chance blown in the race for Premier League survival as hotshot Danny Ings closes in on the golden boot? The biggest focus was on the FA Cup quarterfinals, though, this weekend with Chelsea, Manchester City, Arsenal and Manchester United all through to the semis. We'll reflect on all the action as well as looking ahead to what's in store for us tonight at Turf Moor as Crystal Palace entertain Burnley. I'm Niall McCorn and joining me on today's Football Social Daily, we have Lee Whitehouse. Hello, Lee. Yeah, morning, guys. And we've also got Marley Anderson, fresh off the back of a birthday weekend. How are you doing, Marley? Hello, mate. Yeah, uh, well, I'm, I'm not as rough. Not as rough as I was, so yeah, fighting fit. Sort no two-day hangovers then. Is that not is that not a thing in your world? Uh, no. Uh, well, they they are a thing in my world. There is some at work this weekend. I was surprisingly fresh on on Sunday. I had I had about half the day as, as a bit of a write-off, and then one of my te- one of my mates texted me saying, um, "You were the only one who was drinking cider, and I put fourteen cans of cider in the bin." And I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I didn't know I had that in me. Well, it's definitely in you now. It's probably come out the other end as well at some point uh, over the last couple of days. Um, Anyway, enough about Marley's drinking habits and his birthday weekend. Our focus today is on Premier League football and football in general because there, of course, was the FA Cup quarterfinals that took place over the weekend. But it is the Premier League match that took place yesterday, Sunday, that we're going to focus on first. It finished Watford 1, Southampton 3. Another victory on the road for Ralph Hasenhurtl's men. Another defeat in the fight for survival for Watford. Which leads me to ask Lee, after their defeat to Burnley last time out, Watford would have seen these two fixtures, Burnley and Southampton, as good opportunities to get some points because they're obviously desperate to stay up. However, they've ended up losing both games. I mean, even a point in those games would have been useful considering the teams around them also keep losing. They're not really doing themselves any favours if they're trying to climb out of that relegation mire. Yeah, it looks as though uh, the 
the, the impact that Pearson has, the first, you know, the new manager bounce has clearly gone, and uh, teams are managing to, to work them out a little bit now, and they're not um, probably not as strong as what uh, we thought they were. Although I am quite surprised because I, I thought they they've got a decent squad. I don't think they they were held. They were they three of their players were um, were dropped yesterday due to going out partying or having an illegal party or something mm-hmm. um, from what I was reading on Sky yesterday. So that's probably not helped them either if the discipline's not there uh, within the squad. It, it's, it's not looking good for them, is it? I mean, I think the only real hope for them at the minute is that Villa look like uh, they're just going to go out with a whimper and uh, West Ham are struggling desperately. I mean, that might that might save them in the end, but... Yeah, it's it's it's, it's going to be tough for them. I and mean, those were two. I mean, you, especially with Burnley, the way hit and miss in terms of the way they play, and say Southampton fifty-fifty on the day. Really, it's going to it's going to be tough for them um, mm. for the rest of this season. The next fixture they've got, Marley, against Chelsea. Um, Chelsea played pretty poorly yesterday against Leicester in the FA Cup quarterfinal by Frank Lampard's own admission, and they still managed to get the wins. So, you know, they've come in, they're going to go to a Chelsea side off the back of two straight victories, one of which against Manchester City. So, you know, it wouldn't be against, it wouldn't be unlike Watford, I should say, to go to to Chelsea or go against Chelsea and end up picking up points, but yet losing to teams like Southampton and Watford. Is there only saving grace the fact that? Apart from they've got Chelsea next, they probably do have the best running of all the sides in trouble. They've got Newcastle, Norwich and West Ham all still left to play. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think you mentioned it there, though. I think Watford are one of them teams where they pick up points where you don't expect them to. I mean, their their highest point this season is obviously beating, uh, beating Liverpool and being the only team to beat Liverpool this season. Um, and they can they can play at that level, um, which is probably the frustrating thing for, for Watford and Watford's fans as well. I mean... You know, imagine being the only team in the in the UK to beat Liverpool, but then you go away to Southampton and uh, sorry, at home to Southampton, and you can't you can't lay a glove on them, and the you know there's you can't cope with Danny Ings, but you can cope with Salah and Mane if you want to go. It must be frustrating to to know you have that level to your game, but you just can't get to it over and over again, and, and when you really need to. Um, I I wouldn't be surprised if they if they got something at Chelsea. Um, it's just the games, you the games against those around them, like you said, Newcastle, West Ham. They should be they should be fancying them games, and they should be taking at least a point off off both teams, if not three. Um, but as as Lee said, I mean that that new manager bounces seem to have uh, didn't last didn't last as long as they wanted to. Um, I think they've got problems, um, you know, in in multiple parts of the pitch. The defense doesn't look great, and. I've, I mean, I've said for years. I think Ben Foster's the worst goalkeeper in the Premier League, and he proved it with against Southampton with uh, with the mistake for mis- the mistake for, the hey, mistake for... <laughs> It's only because he's a baggies legend, Lee, isn't it? <laughs> Mate, no, that is honestly that, that, that's 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 terrible. What you just come out with there, Ben Ben Foster is not the worst goalkeeper in the league. I'm sorry, he's really not. Honestly. Ben Foster, when he's coming off the line, there is no goalkeeper worse in the Premier League. He makes such bad decisions coming off his line. Okay, he's, Ma- Marley, he's, he just never gets there. Marley, you've set out your stool for why Ben Foster's the worst. Now, Lee, I need yeah. you to tell me why he isn't the worst. You need to come up with some reasons or Wait, tell was, me who's he, worse. He played, right? You know, he he played in a West Brom team that was absolutely. Always under the cosh, we were having chances against the left, right, and centre, and we managed to to stay mid-table with him as our main goalkeeper for years. His shot stopping was brilliant for us. I, I can only go off what I've seen of him 
live when I've watched him week in, week out. He's by far and away the best keeper we've had, um, which I know, granted, that's what I'm judging on, he's the best keeper that West Brom have had. And, but he's, if you look at him, his, uh, his appearances and his clean sheets, uh, I think there was a stat last year that he's in the top four goalkeepers for clean sheets in the Premier League of all time. Um, yeah, that's I've, because I've he's been around for, for 15 years. Come on, this, this keeper is not the worst keeper in the Premier League at the moment. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not having it. Just not, have, not having that at all. I'm going to find a stat for you, Marley, to <laughs> just prove that wrong. I'll tell you where he is, Lee. I've got the stats here. All-time clean sheets. Where do you think Ben Foster is? 129. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he was, a bit, he was about fourth or fifth when, when Sky showed... It was a stat that Sky had on... Um, when they were talking about Petr Cech and they had the, they had a big list and Ben Foster was in this top. There's like five keepers and he was in there. <laughs> He's 17th. Thomas Sorensen's oh. got more clean sheets. <laughs> <laughs> it oh, might have been appearances then. Yeah. It might have been appearances. I think maybe so I to... it, would have oh, been keeper, it would have been keepers still in the Premier League, I think. Still playing in the Premier League, he'd definitely be up there, 100%. Um 88 clean sheets he's got. Petr Cech, 202. So a long way to go to catch him up. Um, but that wow. is fair enough. Some some keepers and some players in general just find their their kind of best form at a certain club. And maybe that was the case with Ben Foster at West Bromwich Albion. For Watford, he's, he's a bit hit and miss there amongst the fans. I think a lot of them do like him and respect him, particularly for the work he does off the pitch. Um, but obviously having a good goalkeeper is absolutely crucial to staying up in the Premier League as as we know I mean look at your team Marley Newcastle United Dubravka's been absolutely excellent this season for the most part and then you compare mm. it with someone like West Ham United who have had Fabianski injured for most of the season and had to bring in Roberto who for me is the worst goalkeeper I've ever seen in the Premier League um, uh, and you look at teams like Norwich I mean poor Tim Krul they've just got a poor defence Tim Krul's not a bad keeper but you know you just got to think having a solid goalkeeper goes a really long way to keeping you up in the Premier League so um, maybe Watford might stay up. Maybe Ben Foster might pull it out of the bag in the next few weeks. We'll have to wait and see. Um, let's talk about Southampton. As much as I don't want to, we're going to have to because Danny Ings <laughs> is now just one goal away from leading the Golden Boot race. Jamie Vardy is only one in front of him but with his two strikes against Watford on Sunday. Um, he's definitely put himself in contention. Now, I'll have to admit, I previously said on the podcast, he won't win it. And of course, as a Pompey fan, I'm going to stick by that. He's not getting anywhere near it, Jamie Vardy. Come on, pull your finger out, son. Um, but what do you boys think? Uh, is he on course for the Golden Boot League? I mean, it's not out of the question. Well, it's not, no. I mean, it's, he's, been, he's had a great season, hasn't he? I think he's one of those that um, if the team works well for him. Sometimes players have those, a bit like Vardy at Leicester, it all just kind of goes for him. be interesting to see how Vardy would get on at a bigger club. Um, but like when, when Danny Ings went to Liverpool, it just didn't work for him, did it? He just couldn't get in. When Granted, he was probably third or fourth choice in the pecking order there. But yeah, what a, what a great season he's had. I, you know, if they keep creating the chances and score, and he's, he's the main goal scorer, so if everything's falling to him, there's no reason why he can't win it. I'm, I'm quite surprised, though, if I'm honest, because they don't seem... I wouldn't have thought Southampton created enough chances for him to actually win the Golden Boot. Um mm. Not like you know, Leicester have had a really good season, and they were you know they're in the top four for a reason. They create a lot of chances, and Vardy's you know normally on the end of everything. But you wouldn't put Southampton in that bracket. But then sometimes there's that there's this sort of in some seasons there's that player who just has a has a worldie. And I mean, Darren Bent did it, didn't he? The one year for um, I think it was for Fulham actually. And he scored an absolutely scored an absolute shed load of goals in the one season. It's, sometimes it just clicks for them and. 
Yeah, he's good, but he also shows actually that, that I think this, the striker-wise, I mean, how the, the big clubs are actually sharing the goals around a bit more as well. When you think about when Liverpool and City have how many goals they've scored, and yet they haven't. I mean, Aguero's bagged most of them, but they they kind of they're not relying on one man, are they? These you know the, the bigger clubs these days they they're pulling goals from from all over, um, where you know so it's not as probably not as high a, a tally as what you'd normally expect for a striker either. Um, mm. But yeah, fair play to him. What a great season he's having. Yeah, absolutely. And I think without him, I don't think Southampton really would be. Um anywhere near where they are in the table. I mean, obviously a bit like Timmy Puki, his goals dried up for Norwich. Um, if Danny Ings' goals dried up for Southampton, you do wonder where they might be in the table. Uh, has he earned a move away off of the back of this season, Marley? I know he's sort of from the local area. Um, people say that he's kind of gone back home and feels a bit more comfortable being down uh, on the south coast with Southampton, which is near where he grew up as a, as a young boy than, you know, maybe where he was before in the northwest with Liverpool. I mean, Steve McNaughton said on the podcast before he's a Liverpool fan that he would take him back at Liverpool. But would Danny Ings even entertain a move away from somewhere where, you know, he's quite familiar with, he's quite comfortable with and he's playing so well at? Yeah, I was thinking about this because obviously when when you're not the best team and you've got a very good player who can score your goals like that and with a track record like Ings, I was thinking about Southampton and, and I think... I think he would he would seem to be open to a move. I, I don't think he would turn down a move if it was right for him. But I was thinking about what teams might be in for him, and I, I don't think um, I, you know, I don't think like Man United, Man City, and, and them they're going to be in for him. But I was thinking the perfect place for him is maybe Everton. Um, but with the with the link of mm. him having played for Liverpool, maybe he would he would turn that down. I was, I was thinking about the way Everton play and um, the the fact that they haven't got a striker. I mean, it seems like a shoe in there. Um, if you if you've tempted uh, tempted Southampton with a twenty million bid, would 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 that get him? Because um, even though Ings is doing well, I mean, I think he's is he twenty eight now, so he's maybe got one big move last uh, left in him. I think he'll want to prove to himself, uh, in my opinion, that that he can do it at the top club because it didn't quite go well for him at, at Liverpool. He he was robbed of it by injuries, and then he was behind. You know, I think it was was he there when was he there when Suarez was there and and Firmino mm. Firmino came came along and and what have you. So um, he was behind Origi as well for a while. You yeah. know, like you say, it just didn't really happen for him. Exactly. I mean, he's got and as well. If you put him in the Liverpool team, he doesn't quite fit because he's a he's a, he's sort of similar to to Salah and Mane, as in he wants to get behind the last man. And I don't think Liverpool play with that type of centre forward that does that. If you look at Firmino. <clears throat> and the way he plays, he's is much more deeper lying, and it takes a you know it's just a, a special sort of um, role in that Liverpool front three. So mm. it, you can't just stick anyone in there and expect them to score goals. So, <clears throat> but no, with I mean with Ings, I mean it depends on Southampton. I think I think Southampton have got the the base of a good side, um, and they've got a good manager in my opinion in in Hasenhutl. Um and I think they've got. They've got the base on which to build. Um, they need, obviously, they need players. That, but the likes of you know Redmond, Ings, Ward Prowse is pretty good. Um, you know they've got they've got a decent set of players there. But it, de- it just depends on on what Ings wants to do. Whether he believes in that side can be, you know, a, mi- a mid table sort of outside shot for the uh, for the Europa League or or something in that time in the next couple of years because he's probably only got. You know, a, a few years left of uh, 
of of his fitness. I mean, if if his if his um, injury worries start to come back, he's gonna he's gonna tail off pretty badly. So whether he's it's just whether how much he believes in Southampton and, and what they can do under that manager and with that squad of players. But he's certainly a top. He's proved himself. He's, he's proved a big point to himself this season. And the fact that he's got mm. eighteen goals already is is will will send him to bed at night thinking, you know, I I, I do belong in this in this uh, at this level, and I can I can do a job with with any striker in England. Okay, so Watford 1, Southampton 3 was the the only Premier League game yesterday, but of course plenty of FA Cup action to look across from the weekend, including the three games yesterday, uh, of which Arsenal, Chelsea and Manchester City all progressed to the semi-finals to join Manchester United. And rather weirdly, the draw was done at half-time of the quarter-final game between Newcastle and Manchester City, which I just thought was so peculiar because the game is still going on. I find that really, really weird. I, I, I mean, surely that's a little bit strange in terms of match fixing and swaying results and stuff like that anyway it's been done now and we knew that Manchester City got through in the end but let's start with that first game that took place yesterday Sheffield United 1 Arsenal 2 the wheels are coming off on a good season for Sheffield United Lee that's their third defeat in a row in all competitions they're yet to win a game since the restart Chris Wilder will not be happy with that purely because he demands such high standards from his players yeah I I think I said last week on here you know a lot of these clubs have had three months off, and their analysts have got, you know had a lot, a lot of time on their hands to look at who these clubs are going to play. I think she- Sheffield United is one where teams have probably worked them out a little bit now. And they're on. They everyone talks in football who's been in the game about momentum. How momentum is so important. And you know Sheffield United were on great momentum just before lockdown and before the season came to that abrupt end. And unfortunately, they haven't been able to pick that up and keep going with it. Um, and I, the other thing is, I mean, I'm not sure what the average age of their squad is, Sheffield United. Um, but I was chatting to somebody yesterday, and this was more about West Brom's restart than anything else. I was chatting to is Brian Hughes, the, the ex-Charlton and Hall City player. Mm. Um, and he was saying that, um, you know, the older players generally struggle because of the short-term Oh, the, sh- the short response time in terms of actually getting prepared for these, to getting prepared for the fixtures, the older, the, the more difficult it is for them to get back into to get the fitness up, and that might be the other thing because you say he does demand a lot from his players, but if they're not quite at it or it takes them longer to get back at it, uh, it could be a, it could be a, a, a factor for them, and some of these clubs have just got better fitness levels at this point. We don't know what the impact is of no, having no fans in the ground either. I mean that is you can imagine that. The likes of Sheffield, you know, like Sheffield United, would be heavily reliant on on the fans getting behind them. You know, really giving them that you know, the extra twelfth man, as you know, as everyone says. And without that, that could also be a factor that they're struggling with. Because reality is, as good as they've been this year, they've they've definitely been overachieving mm. um, as as a team. And they've definitely so maybe they're just now coming back to where they they probably should be. In reality, I, there's a couple of factors in that. I, I, yeah, I don't know really. I, but they've they definitely looks like they've been found out a little bit. Yeah, I'd 
I'd agree with that. And, you know, Arsenal's only hope of a successful season this year could possibly be in the FA Cup. I think Europe might be um, a slight step too far for them, even though, well, not not Europa League, but certainly Champions League, which is what the fans would be hoping for. Um, but, you know, still in the FA Cup, it took them a last gasp winner to be to, you know, to have to do that. So um, Arsenal progressed through to the semi-finals, uh, and we'll have to wait and see what happens there because uh, it looks like we could see some sort of derby in the FA Cup final, which we'll discuss in a little bit. But it's time to take a quick break. Don't forget to hit subscribe. You'll never miss another episode again. And we'll see you the other side of this. Football Social Daily. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Welcome back to the podcast. This is Football Social Daily from Sports Social. My name's Niall. I've got Lee and Marley alongside me on today's show. We've been discussing the weekend's Premier League action as well as yesterday's FA Cup fixtures. And now we'll move on to Leicester against Chelsea, which if this was a Premier League fixture, would have been a battle between third and fourth. And it's very tight up there in the Premier League in the top four race. Uh, but this was an FA Cup quarter final. Chelsea ended up scraping through 1-0. Frank Lampard was really unhappy with his side's performance, saying that it was the worst performance from a Chelsea side since he became manager. But nonetheless, Chelsea got the victory. I think they look quite hungry, Marley, for trophies. Well, Frank Lampard does anyway. I mean, he's got a real good chance this season of finishing in the top four and scooping some silverware. I mean, what a debut managerial season at the club that would have been for him. Yeah, it would. Not a bad, uh, not a bad first season. Um, he's, he's done... He's done really well, I think, Lampard. Um, he's shown, for me as well, I mean, people say he wasn't quite, uh, you know, all these critics say he wasn't uh, qualified for that job and maybe he's been thrown in uh, on the back the, of the fact that he's a club legend and what have you. But um, for me, he's, he's impressing me with his um, with his, his tactical knowledge and his team selection and, and things like that. I mean, I watched the... the a game against Leicester yesterday, and um, he was he wasn't happy at half time, and he made uh, he made three changes at half time. He took he took uh, Billy Gilmore off, who who struggled in the first half. He had a his his worst game since coming into the Chelsea first team. He gave the ball away quite a lot. Um, he he brought him off, and he brought off uh, Reese James as well, um, and he took uh, he took someone else off as well. I can't remember who, but he put Kovacic, Barkley, and Aspilicueta on. And from the minute they they hit the pitch, that was it. Chelsea were the the dominant side, and um, they should have won by more more goals. I think uh, they had a they had a breakaway, which is four on two, and uh, Ross Barkley made one of the worst passes I've ever seen. Um, he should have uh, uh-huh. he should have done something, and he should have got an assist for that. And uh, uh, but no, Chelsea were Chelsea were good. Um, I don't think. Well, it's it's a chance of retribution now because Lampard. One one thing about Lampard this season is he hasn't beaten Man United and he's played them three times um, in the League Cup and twice in the league. And and Solskjaer's got the better of him th- uh, three times so far. And if you look at where when them when those uh, games were, Man United didn't have uh, Bruno Fernandes. I don't think at any point in those games. So if you look at where Man United are now, they're, they're even better than when the. Uh, even better now than when they were when they've beaten Chelsea three times already. So uh, one thing Lampard will want is is to get one over on Solskjaer because it's a bit of a criticism for him. Um, I remember the game, you know, the first game of the season, I thought Chelsea were the better side um, and they got hammered 4-0 because uh, of Man United's counter-attacking ability and uh, they got a penalty as well and it was it was clinical for Man United that day um, and they'll be, they'll be trying to rectify that. It feels like so long ago doesn't it that that game now feels like so long ago that it was it Dan James that oh. scored 
Well, it was nearly it was nearly a year ago. Nearly a year ago, mm. wasn't it? If you think about it, yeah, man. It was August, <laughs> so it's practically yeah. was it ten months now? Jesus Christ! Yeah, craziness. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Age. I think you're right though, Marley. I do think Manchester United are, are certainly growing in confidence, and they'll be, you know, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Similarly, for Lampard, will have his eyes on on silverware. You know, it's not a monkey on the back for Solskjaer or even Lampard. I'd say purely because. Um, they're quite novice they're quite new to management particularly at those clubs so you know for Manchester United maybe slightly more because the club demands trophies and you know the demands are so high but you know it could we could see sort of like a, a first time trophy winner this season from a managerial perspective uh, Brendan Rodgers has won plenty of trophies um, for Celtic Lee though up in, up in Scotland you know winning treble after treble and all the rest of it but for Leicester to win a trophy with them it, it takes a hell of an effort and again Leicester City fans might have felt that this could have been their year an opportunity to maybe scoop some rare silverware yeah I, I think they Missed their biggest chance in the um, in the Carabao Cup, though. In reality, I, I think take you know you go when you look at where Villa are now uh, to lose um, to Villa over two legs is uh, it must be really disappointing for them. Mm. Uh, they they had, they played well yesterday. You know, I thought they they gave um, they gave Chelsea a good game. Unfortunately, you know the, the big teams. If you, it just shows this year how important the FA Cup is to, to the bigger teams. Actually, you look at the four that are left. Mm. Um, and you know, like you were saying about the managers, there's three of them have got a point to prove. You know, you look at Arteta, Arteta at Arsenal. It'd be great for him to win some silverware in his you know first first stab at it there. Oli, I think at United, that would be a great season for them if you to win anything. The FA Cup actually is going to be a brilliant end to it overall because I think everybody's hungry for it. Um, but yeah, for Brendan Rodgers, he must be wondering whether he's reached or maximised what he can out of that squad at the moment mm. and whether, you know, um, I thought a move for Arsenal would have been perfect for him when it came up. And it, you do, and I do wonder whether, it, unless he can get them going again, and they, look, they're in the Champions League places, and I, but that's looking very difficult to sustain. I mean, I think I said last week there were eight points. It's, it's, it's now three um, <laughs> between them and Wolves. You know, it's amazing how a couple of days can turn. Yeah. Uh, turn it around. Uh, yeah, he's got to probably look at the, you know, what he's got at Leicester, and you know, I mean, they've 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 kind of overachieved this year as well. Uh, but it's, um, but for me, the the Carabao was their their biggest chance ever of getting anywhere with it. I think they, to say to lose to Villa over two legs would have been so disappointing for everybody at the club because they just they just saw that as, well, a lot of, a lot everybody had. Um, Villa was the underdogs, didn't they? Mm, yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking maybe Fox's fans, as long as they don't think what might have been this season, when you're considering the fact that they got deep into the FA Cup, deep into the Carabao Cup, deep into the Champions League spaces late into the season, and they might possibly throw it all away and come out of the season with nothing, which would be absolutely heartbreaking if you're a Leicester fan. Anyway, what about Newcastle United? Um, no such heartbreak, really, considering Marley. It was the first... FA Cup quarterfinal the club had been in for 14 years and they lost 2-0 to Manchester City but it was a bit of a procession um, I hope I'm not being too offensive to your team but the start of the game was just one way traffic Yeah um, I don't think that's too offensive at all to be honest um, a procession's one word for it an absolute mullering is another because um, they I mean you know we started the game off um and let's let's get it straight. Newcastle aren't good enough to go toe to toe with Man City at all. So uh, to see Steve Bruce um, 
changed the tactics so we were we, we went to a back five um as we played for um probably the last two years under under Rafa Benitez to go to a back five was understandable try and soak up the pressure and, and hit them on the counter attack with St Maximan and Almiron um, and have a target man up there in Andy Carroll um, it, it kind of made sense a lot of a lot of fans after the game are saying oh you know why didn't we ever go why didn't we ever go at them for the full 90 minutes like we did in the second half and f- for me that's it, if we did that that's absolute suicide I mean we barely hung on with a five man defence and it only took a penalty to, to break that deadlock because uh, of a stupid shove by Manquillo on uh, on Jesus. So, um, other than that, I mean, yes, we we were battered. However, you are going to get battered against Man City when you're Newcastle. You're not as good as them. It's it's you have to to win in a cup tie. You have to be lucky. You have to ride your luck. You have to take your chances. Um, and that unfortunately has to be the game plan because you can't go toe to toe because you will lose seven nil if and that's only if the the fancy stops scoring uh, if they feel sorry for you because Man City are on another planet to Newcastle so in that second half I think Steve Bruce his, his tactics weren't weren't that bad uh, in my opinion um, because if you go toe to toe and play four at the back and try and try and play them a little bit more aggressively and you're 4-0 down at half-time, you haven't got a plan B. So it's better to start off defensively and if it doesn't work, then attack um, like we did in the second half. And we, we played we played a lot better in the second half. Um, and Dwight Gale missed a chance my flipping grandma could have put away. Um, but as soon as that goes over, you think, all right, that well, that was it. That was the chance we were waiting for. And that's... If you're, if you're going to be... Um, if you're going to be truthful about it, you might get one half chance against Man City, and we had uh, one very clear cut chance, uh, and we we screwed it up. So as soon as that went over the bar, I thought, well, well, that was it. That was our that was what our whole day circled around. You know, that was that was our chance. That that was it. And Gail put it over, and literally two minutes later, I mean, the the goal City scored for the second goal was was unbelievable. I mean, Laporte's pass must have been going at fifty miles an hour, and. Phil Foden killed it dead with his right foot, and it barely left his shoelaces. It just stuck to his foot, and there was a there was a defender like on him. You can't even criticise where the defender was, but Foden killed it dead, and he he scampered off in midfield, give it to Sterling, and and that was it. That was it was a great finish, um, and that was it. That was the game over, and that was it. You know that you, your chances, you you might get one chance if you're lucky against Man City, and and we were we had that chance, and we can only blame ourselves really that 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 didn't go in, and uh, and the the game could have been different. It might not have been, but it could have been. So you know, if we're gonna play, if we're gonna get outplayed, you know, that badly, uh, we might not fancy reaching another cup quarter final for another fourteen years. They finished two 0 in the end. Manchester City on course for another treble, Lee, um, but not the treble, not. Not the treble that everyone uh, knows and loves, the one that United did in 99, but it could be their second treble in as many seasons, which is just a remarkable effort, really. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, you know, like I say, I think this treble would probably be better for them, though. I mean, you kind of take them winning the league um, as, a, as, big, as a given most season. I mean, Liverpool have been absolutely extraordinary this year. Um, although I did really, I was looking last night. City have lost eight games this season, which I, I found unbelievable um, that they've lost eight eight times um, in the in the league. But I think the Champions League's got to be what their focus is. They if they can go and win that. I mean, it, that's a, an absolutely brilliant season for them. 
win, win the Champions League, um, win the FA Cup and win the Carabao Cup. I mean, short of winning the league, well, obviously to, to do the four, what a season that is. I mean, and, and everyone's saying that they're, you know, they're, there's a, they're 20 points, 25 points behind Liverpool. Well, actually, I mean, if you take, if you're a Man City, maybe not a supporter because they don't, they don't like the, the Champions League, do they? they they've got a disregard to it because of where all the, the politics around what goes on there. Um, but reality is that, what, you know, for the people at the club, that's what they're striving towards. That's why Guardiola went in there. Guardiola didn't go in there to win league after league because they'd already won it at that point. He went in there to win them Champions Leagues and that's what um, mm. their aim is. And I'm pretty sure that's where all the players' aims is. And, you know, we've all we've everything that's going on with them and UEFA as well, what a stick it to them that would be to win the Champions League. And we've, we've said that from the moment all of it came out about them potentially being banned over the next couple of years. It'd just be brilliant season for, for another brilliant season from an absolutely unbelievable team I actually do think they're better than Liverpool despite what the league says you know, I think they're just, they're just more entertaining to watch as well I think they're just brilliant they were absolutely fantastic yesterday yeah, it's finished 2-0 in the end. Uh, Manchester City ended up uh, just scoring the two goals. But as Marley says, it could easily have been more. So, I mean, I suppose you could give some credit to Newcastle United. But Manchester City are through. Um, there could be the possibility of a Manchester derby in the FA Cup final. That's the way the draw's fallen. Same as Chelsea versus Arsenal. That could be a possibility. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, just a quick little preview of tonight's Premier League fixture before we uh, close down today's podcast. Burnley versus Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park. Two clubs really really who are kind of safe it, it feels like a bit of a nothing game this Marley I don't I don't want to disrespect the two clubs but it does feel like there's not too much on the line here in terms of what the end of the season table could look like yeah I don't think um too many neutral fans are going to be uh, going to be clambering over the TV remote to put this one on to be honest um Burnley and Palace like you say they're, they're sort of marooned in safety um in in that mid-table uh sort of well, not fight because nobody nobody really claims it, but you know they've not really got much to play for. They're both safe. They're both nowhere near Europe. I don't think uh, in terms of you know actually being able to get there. I've seen a few Crystal Palace fans when they beat uh, Bournemouth, sort of dreaming about Europe and you know saying, "What about the Europa League places?" Because we're not too far away from them. And I was thinking, really, like. Are you, are you one? Are you good enough to get there? Two? Are you good enough to even mix it with those kind of those kind of teams in the in the Europa League? But since then, I mean, they've got battered four 0 by Liverpool, which is you know par for the course really. Um, and then they've lost uh, Zaha and Gaeta um, through through injury. Um, so depending on whether they can get them back, is uh, they're, they're I mean they're they're massive players for for Crystal Palace. But um, you know, going into tonight, I think. Burnley is Burnley versus Palace is just a uh, it's a it's a bit of a nothing game, isn't it? And no one's really asked Marley, are they? To be honest, yeah, I'm not bothered. It, the game is on Amazon, by the way, though. So if you do have an Amazon account, uh, not to kind of uh, promote them, or we're not sponsored by them or anything, but um, it's one of those games which uh, you can watch on Amazon Prime, which uh, could be the future of football broadcasting. Anyway, that's it for today's Football Social Daily. Thanks, Marley. Thanks, Lee. Don't forget, we'll be back tomorrow with uh, another episode of the podcast. Hit subscribe, and you won't miss one every single day for the rest of the season. A brand new podcast will be out. Where we'll be previewing, reviewing. 
bringing you all the big news and opinions from the English Premier League. So make sure you uh, continue to listen to the podcast. Appreciate your support as always. And we'll chat to you again tomorrow. Football Social Daily. Get daily news and updates on your team via your Amazon Alexa. Just ask Alexa. Open Sports Social. Guys, one question, one thing. Ben, ben Foster has made the most amount of <laughs> saves in Premier League history. 1,158 saves. Top number one for saves in the in the league. They, that's yeah. the stat. There you go, that Riley. Should... That's the stat I'm going to finish up. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.